Hi, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Music is awesome. Have you ever had one of those moments where you start a song over at the beginning because you were doing something else and you didn't get to hear the whole thing? Or you heard a song and you're immediately transported back to some moment in time you associate with it? We have. And that's why we love doing this show for the last two years. In episode 50 of The Prisoners of Rock and Roll, we're taking a look at The Prisoners of Rock and Roll. We're jumping in our magical mystery musical wayback machine and talking about our favorite shows from the last two years. Let's hit it. What's up, cellmates? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode number 50. My name is Bruce Kramer, and I am thrilled to be behind the mic tonight with my very good friend, my co-host, the one, the only, Ryan McCusker. Are you rocking? Prisoners of Rock and Roll is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, and we are sponsored by Bullfoot Socks and McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. Man, all right. our fi- Dude, our 50th episode. I can't believe it, man. This is We've like been, a, you know, time flies, bro. This is a big deal for us because it's, you know, we do a show once every two weeks and uh, yeah, man, we hit 50. We made it. I think we came a long way, like from, you know, you do a lot of work on the show, Bruce. So the show got better and better and better, better quality as time went on. You know, we figured out what we're doing. We taught ourselves how to podcast and uh, it's all good. We all have fun. Yeah, man. It's been, I love uh, it. I love doing the podcast. Like it's important to me. It's a really cool creative project to be a part of. I mean, dude, you're in a band. You do all kinds of other yeah. shit, and I, you know, yeah. you always got some some creative something in the hopper, and it's it's really cool, man. It's just I love doing this, and you're right. We've come so far in the last two years working on it. So really, really cool. And we figured just for this episode, man, we were just going to talk about some of the stuff that we've talked Our about. Greatest hits, yeah. Just kind of greatest hits. 
Yeah, we put together uh, an outline of all of our other stuff and all the shows, and we kind of grouped them. And we're just going to kind of kick around some stuff. Maybe we'll play some some songs. I got all of our playlists in front of me. Um, I'm going to be pretty busy behind the keyboard tonight, but you know, we'll have a good time, man. We'll just kind of kick some ideas around. Um, Sounds I got a, wonderful. I got a couple of questions for you. All right. So, yeah, man, let's just get into it. So, what do you think? Your what are your like your three favorite episodes that we've done? Sun Records. The the Motley Crew one, which first was our one. first episode. Yes. And I, I don't know, maybe the Johnny Cash one. Okay. I put the Sun Records one. I put the American Pie episode and the songs that Led Zeppelin ripped off. Uh, nice. Just because that one just did really, really well in terms of listeners. Oh, and, cool. You know, just uh, it was one of our better performing episodes. Um, the Motley Crew one was awesome. I, yeah. I just feel like we should... Uh, I wish there was a way we could go back and put songs in there because the first couple episodes we did, we didn't play music because we didn't know how. Uh, we didn't know how to but do it. Our conversation was: Does Motley Crue belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? We did a whole show on that. Our and whole first do. show, yeah, they and absolutely and they do. It's a shame that they'll, you know, why ever they'll never get in. I don't think they'll ever get in. Maybe like when they're gone and shit, but. I think we made a I think we made a rather compelling episode uh, argument for it. And it's interesting that we both said Sun Records. Um the Sun Records episode was like it was our fourth episode and it was the first one where we, we told a story. Okay. And I, I you know we learned a lot of like real yeah. I, I learned a lot, man. I I did yeah. uncovered a lot of artists that I had never even heard of before and I really really enjoyed it. There's some stuff that I like I still listen to. Oh, it's all it's all like a memory, man. Like even if you weren't there, you can picture that time of uh year, like the fifties. Everything seemed like everything was good in the fifties compared to what's going on now. Like everything was like American pie. I don't know. Sure. So like I hear I hear those old songs that makes me think of those, you know, background music to, you know, uh Happy Days or Grease or whatever. That's what, um, what makes me remind me about it. And almost everything that we've talked about in every episode since is it's built on the stuff that Sam Phillips and Sun Records made. You know, that was like, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning and talk about the foundation of rock and roll. Yeah, you know, we talked about Elvis and Johnny Cash and Jerry Lee Lewis. And uh, not even like five minutes ago on Jeopardy, they asked who was the owner of Sun Phillips. And my dad asked, me who oh, was it? took me a second you have sun records and i had to i'm like oh i can't remember he's like oh it doesn't matter i'm like it does matter because i'm about to talk about it <laughs> right. but sam right. we Phillips, did a whole show we did a whole show on it i really I, that, that was episode. my favorite one remember we talked about how they recorded like that slap back echo sound they set up a they invented a way to record and have that background vocal of elvis if you listen to elvis's music he has this echo and Sun Records invented that sound, uh, and everybody tried to copy it. But we you explained. Love, you love yeah. talking about when the you love uh, classifying the studio as an instrument, and yeah. they really did. Right when the RCA bought Elvis, absolutely, they were like they couldn't figure out how to do it. I've been in that building, and there's something about it. I've been in Sun Records, and I've been in the 16th Chapel. And I tell you what, I had a more religious experience in Sun Records. It was a more uplifting feeling. 
We said that in the monologue of that show, that that was one of the holy sites of rock and roll. I had the same experience when I went there. My wife was like, we, we were in Nashville and we drove all the way out to Memphis. And I was like geeking out ridiculously. And I was like, holy shit. Oh, yeah. this, is, this is where it all started. This is where it all comes from. And she was like, okay, cool. And my wife's in the rock and roll, but she was like, ah, okay, man, you're a little, a little, you know, I was like, they're, they're playing Helen Wolf in the, yeah. you know, on the speakers. And I was, uh, I just told my brother Doug to hold the camera, my, my phone, and I'm going to jump behind the drum set and just take picture after picture after picture. So I have like 10 great pictures of me sitting behind the Sun Records drum set. It's awesome. Like you can get there, you get hands on in that place. They let you touch the, like these classic instruments. You can look at the, the sound booth. That was the best to me. Like, man, all these records came out of this little booth. This little tiny building that used to be a, it was like a scuba shop, which is what the fuck do you need a scuba shop in Memphis, Tennessee for all kind (sighs) of stuff. Um, We talked about all, yeah, there's a big tier artist that came out of Sun Records, Elvis and Roy Orbison and Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, Johnny Cash. But we also talked about a lot of like other stuff, like lesser known artists that I had never heard of before. And I want to play this again, man, because I know you really like the song, the guy, uh, Joe Hill Lewis. Yes. Yeah, man. The uh, the one the kind of the one man band, and he wrote that song. She may be yours. I'm gonna here's 30 seconds of it. We played it in the Sun Records episode, but it's totally worth playing again. It's just really cool. And that's like, oh, I, yeah. I, I'd never heard of that guy other outside of doing the research for the show. They have something in Sun Records of the dude, uh, a picture of the guy. And he was a one man band. Of course, you hear the piano in the background. That's somebody else. But he was a one man band. He played the bass drum with his, you know, his foot. And, his, you know, something else with his other foot. He played guitar and played harmonica. Amazing. Really? Really, really cool. Yeah, we dove into Rocket 88 in the beginning and we played that yeah. whole uh, Hound Dog and Bearcat. How like uh, it, I hear it, Bear it, I, I hear Bearcat all the time, bro. On Tom Petty's really? radio show. On Tom Petty's Buried Treasure. On Sirius. I don't know if I can advertise him, but he yeah, has sure. a they have a great station called Tom Petty's Buried Treasure, and he plays nothing but R and B, beginning R and B, soul music beginning of rock and roll music to now music and it's tom petty like he's been gone for so long but you can listen to his voice it's fucking great but he plays all this old sun record stuff on his show so i hear it and i know exactly what it is very cool they um i mentioned this in the sun records episode it's not on spotify but chris isaac did a like a whole collection he covered a whole bunch of sun record stuff and he recorded it at sun records oh yeah it's, it's really good i mean he's got that kind of throwback 50s kind of sound sure yeah you know, he's got the big pompadour and shit like that um, i like him i like him. i like him i like him too he's coming around he's doing like a christmas show in uh early december at the keswick i may i may try to go see if i'm if i'm around that weekend yeah man just really really cool what would you, you say the other yeah. one? would you say if the third you, one was motley Crue, sun records i want to change it i want to say blues 
when we the did blues, our blues. That the was blues one. The blues one was was a lot, man. Yeah. Maybe you can just we'll just go on the next topic because I got the blues on there too. So my next question was: Is there a topic you didn't know a lot about before doing the research for the show? And the blues, I think I mentioned this on the show. Like that was a, I knew a little bit just from working in the music store, and I took a class on music in college. I knew the kind of like you know the BB King, the John Lee Hooker, but this was one where we kind of like we really pried up the lid and we dove into it. And I, I mean, that was a show. Like I read like two books and I did a lot of shit on it, and I learned so much. I know a lot about blues because I played in a blues band for 10 years. We played a lot of uh, Howlin' Wolf. We played a lot of Muddy Waters. But we played a lot of uh, Little Walter, actually. You know, one of the things we talked about in the blues episode was we talk about the legend of Robert Johnson. And that was great to do the research on it. Like I knew about it, but I, I got real detailed into it. It's like such a spooky legend yeah the, allegedly selling his soul selling his soul to the devil to learn how to play guitar at the crossroads that's right at the crossroads a lot of the stuff man that we dove into in that episode the i don't want to say like the blinds but you know like blind lemon jefferson and blind willie johnson uh, no i was going to suggest that that's not, all those yeah, guys like all, all those really, dudes like lead belly all those really early guys that i i knew who they were but i didn't know a lot about their music i really really enjoyed it the one dude, Charlie Patton, that yeah. uh, we uncovered, he just got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as an early influencer. I That might have been one of my favorite artists that I'd never heard of before that we uncovered. Okay. I really, really like his stuff. Uh, yeah, I think I'd never heard of him until we did our show. Same here. No idea yeah. who he was. Uh, even though like a lot of critics will say he's one of the most important people in music. Um, Nobody and the quality, Yeah, and the quality of all the recordings from him are not very good because he... You know, when he lived in the 30s and the 20s and all that other kind of shit. Is there um, anything we can listen to from the 30s or the 20s that's on there? I think so. I've, I've got the Charlie Patton song pulled up uh, or Blind Lemon Jefferson, uh, Lead Belly. Let's play some Lead Belly. All right, here he we go. has such a way about him. Yeah, we had Where Did You Sleep Last Night, which, you know, obviously Nirvana made right. very famous on the uncover, on the unplugged. But here you go. Don't ever shine. I was shivering all night too. Really Love cool. Lead Belly was a bad dude, man. He like you know he didn't. Nobody messed with him. He spent time him. in prison. Yeah, uh, but going back to uh, my girl, whatever it is, if anybody did it justice, only Kurt Cobain could get that song justice. Like, where did he pull that song out? Oh, I'm going to do this old lead belly song like who thinks of that i don't know how many people knew that that was a cover too when they did it oh no i always knew it was a cover but like to really listen to it like we did was like yeah it's really haunting 
not everybody could sing that song and I believe it, but, you know, not comparing it to Kurt's version, but wow, the original version is just, you, you know, I love early recordings. We you talked know? about that dude that just drove around the South and God, I wish I could the, remember his name. I should know the, his name, like just in my head. I should know it already. I can't remember it. Yeah. The guy, he had uh, all the recording equipment in his trunk and he drove right. around and he just recorded everybody. He went to like plantations and prison he, farms and he recorded, joints. Buddy guy, he recorded buddy guy out in the, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Dude, thank God he did all that shit's in Congress now. You can like look up in the Library of Congress all these old blues recordings. It was really, really cool. I really enjoyed doing that show. And I know we yeah. talked about doing jazz for a long time. It's a little it's a little intimidating because there's so much music to dive into, but we'll I'll get school you. I'll school you in it. There's not you'll much definitely to be, know. that'll be one you'll be driving. <laughs> you'll be driving the bus on. Yeah. Yeah. Or I have to give you the outline. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Any other shows that you didn't know a lot about before you started doing the research? Man, we did so many shows. It's hard to remember them all after two years. I had another one that I... If you mention them, I'll know exactly what they are. A couple to me, man, like the Shock Rock episode. That was great. Shock Rock. I was like, that was an episode that I was a little on the fence when you kicked it around. I was like, okay, how interesting is this going to be? And -hmm. again, I really enjoyed it because we went all the way back to the beginning and we uncovered all this stuff that I've never heard of before. I really, Some really weird that. shit going on in there. Yeah, what man. was that guy? What was the dude's name that Arthur had the Brown. song? Yes. We, yeah. We got to play a little bit of that. Yeah, man. Here you go. I was just listening to this in my car the other day. Here You're you fucking go. nuts. <laughs> I am the God of hell fire and I bring you fire. I'll take you to burn. I love it. Alice Absolutely. Cooper, Alice Cooper stole the visuals from him. Remember we played that ghost song too? And it sounds yeah, exactly like exactly this. like him. He's the original guy. What was it? 1968, 69. It was his whole thing was like almost like it's a bad acid trip. <laughs> like he had that fire on top of his head and shit and really weird shit. But, you know, he was the first to do something different to freak people out with, you know, um, acting with uh, acting the, as this character, you know, like Manson does and Alice Cooper plays a part. And, you know, I think the guys from Slipknot put those fucking masks on and they, uh, they follow that whole trend of being a character in metal. I don't know what. No, I'm laughing because I, this was the episode we brought up anal cunt and I was playing all the clips and all their <laughs> song titles and the horrible music that they oh, came up with. Man. I, I did like that episode though. For some I like that episode a lot. I have the uh the playlist in front of me. And for some remember I played the clip of Staying Alive by Anal Cunt. And oh uh, dude. For some reason, dude, it's grayed out on Spotify. It's not uh, who revoked did somebody from the anal cunt uh camp uh, did their royalties negotiate contract fall through and they're no longer on Spotify? I don't know. Oh, uh, because I wanted to dedicate that to the word. 
the anal cunt staying alive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We covered all kinds of cool stuff in that episode. I really enjoyed it. And that was something that I said I was skeptical of. I think I really like, like doing notions where we go back so far and we uncover these songs that I'd never heard. I, I, I like think, that. When I come, I sit around a lot. I think about our shows. Like, what can we talk about and everything? But I just, it was just another thing that I thought of. And, uh, I didn't think it would be a good show, but it really came out as a good show. I, I suggest you go back and listen to it. We got I some like, funny, we got some funny stuff on there. I like that one a lot. And we play, you know, we talked about Wasp and King Diamond and uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins, Rammstein, Guar. We were all over the place. Yeah, it was really. If you cool. love that kind, of, if you love that kind of music, and or you, you know, listen to that episode. You know, it's awesome. Absolutely. Uh, what else is on here? Uh, is there a topic that you were eh about until we did the show? I had one, and that was Kiss. I I didn't sure. like. I didn't like Kiss. You said that, and I was. I remember like, when we were doing this. You're like, oh, I was like, I'm okay, like no, cool. there's a story there. There's a story I, there. I I enjoyed that too. Um, I I, I kind of changed my mind on them a lot. Uh, yeah, we went through their whole Kissology. They had. That was great to, to see all the original footage they put out as a Wicked Lester and how they, you know, they recorded a lot over down at Electric Ladyland Studios. Like they were like interns and they would go in and do background vocals for everybody and whoever was around. They needed hand clapping. Gene and Paul would be there doing it. But, uh, but look what they did with merchandising, dude. That's, I mean, holy shit i mean next to the beatles there's probably nothing more exploited than kiss you know and most of the money goes to them it's not like uh no they have their rights to everything like the bob marley episode we talked about how uh there's so much crap that's out there being sold now and a lot of that stuff is all like rip off and counterfeit oh yeah doesn't go back to his estate oh yeah you know kiss has got a firm handle on their their stuff they're right. I read, I read Gene Simmons' book, and and of course he's a narcissist. But the the beginning of his life of how he came to America with nothing, and how he became like this icon thing, it's very inspiring. Then he didn't even speak English when he got here. He learned English by listening to the Beatles, you know, or some TV shows that were on cartoons, whatever they were. I admired it, dude. I do too. And diving into the music a little bit more, they definitely have more of like a gritty bluesy sound, especially some of their early stuff. And I I dug it. I enjoyed it. And I really kind of, my opinion changed. What Um, do we have on the playlist from kiss? Man, we got everything. I, I really, it's not a kiss song, but I really like New York Groove by Ace Freely. Um, I I think we played some cold gin last time. That's a good song. I'm going to play a little bit of that. Definitely. That's my favorite kiss song. Is it? All right, let's do it. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. If, like you can say whatever you want. They wrote some great songs, man. People want to say they sold out. Yes. They sell out every single night, wherever <laughs> they go around the world. 
That was a song I didn't I didn't really know before we did the the episode. I love Kiss. That was like the first song that I ever knew by Kiss was Cold Gin. Um, You know, we talked a little bit about the 80s Kiss. That was fun. All the spandex and bad haircuts they had. Their music kind of went downhill. You know, Uh, they put a few good albums out in the late 90s. But then ultimately they got back together and we talked about that. And that was huge when they got back together. The dysfunction and the one guy passing away and the God gave rock and roll to you video. How he's that's like his kind of last performance. Yeah, Eric, Eric Carr. Eric Carr. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Eric Carr died of cancer. He, you know, nobody knew about it because the same day that Freddie Mercury died. Ain't yeah, that he some was, shit. He was a great drummer, man. He was my favorite Kiss drummer. They had three of them. We dove right into it too in that episode. I think we came out the gate. We didn't even. We went right off the outline and started. Eric Carr is the greatest the, drummer. Yeah, that's right. Just jumped right into the deep end of the pool. I think how we described it. Really enjoyed it. Another episode, man, that I put on here that I didn't know a whole lot about before we started doing the show. And shame on me for saying this, but the Elvis comeback special. Oh yeah, what a great. You know I. I saw the movie was coming out. Like I read about it. I was like, dude, we got to talk about this before it comes out in the movie. And I'm so proud of this episode that we did it. And then they came out the movie and they talked about it all in the movie. Yo, we, we know what's up. We know. I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the movie yet. Are you nuts? We've had a couple of nights, man. We're sitting on the couch. Like we, we got to watch it and we just, something else comes up and we just haven't watched it yet. This is the story that I've always wanted. The story of the Colonel Parker, like how big of a shit bag he is. Like Tom Hanks played him great. You hate him by the end of the movie. I I always knew that he ripped Elvis off. He got half of everything Elvis made. And when Elvis died, he owed him money. You know, he's a Colonel Parker ruined his made his career and ruined his career. Like he, he worked him to death. You should check out the movie, man. Uh, it's definitely it's on my list, man. We'll we'll get to it. I think you'll really like it. It's yeah, not like a, that Elton John movie at all. I didn't see that either. I, <laughs> that I was awful. I couldn't sit through that. That was awful. We um, yeah, it was just the, setting the stage behind that. The Elvis comeback special, which is really cool. Talking about how he had been out of the spotlight for a decade and so much other shit has moved on. And, you know, music had changed so much. And then. He takes the stage and just blows everybody away. He is. He showed that he was the king of rock and roll. Like it was Beatle middle of the sixties. Anything was cool, but Elvis was not cool at all. And then he came out and he fucking ripped it apart, you know? And it was like, I, my favorite part of it is the little jam session that they have in the middle of a boxing ring kind of thing. And he's got awesome. He's got his old boys up there playing like along with him, like Scotty and those dudes. Man, I love that fucking. I love that special. I'm glad we did the episode on. Do we have um? Yeah. Um, at the light, what was it called? The last song of the, on the special. There's a love. Oh yeah. Uh, That's the greatest performance Elvis ever did. Is that if I can dream. Yeah. All right. Let me play a little bit of that. Please do. Oh, I 
understanding sometime. Strong winds of promise that will blow away the doubt and fear. If I can dream of a warmer sun where hope keeps shining on Laundry ain't done yet. I dude, it's awesome. It just blows your way. I've, I've just been listening to that and like I said, it's the end of the show, the special, and he's wearing that white suit and the big Elvis and lights is in the back of him. Classic. He he decided he wanted to do that song after Bobby Kennedy was killed. Uh, he was inspired to do that song. And this, the, the, uh, the TV company were like, no, it's a bummer. It's a Christmas special. Let's do this like that. He's like, no, man, I'm Elvis. We're going to do this. You have to watch the movie just for the 60 back comeback. Bro. Right. I'll, I'll watch. I promise we'll get to it. It's just it's been on our list. My wife's a big Elvis fan. Like I said, we just there's been nights we've been sitting on the couch and we're like, oh, we don't want to start a two hour movie. We got, you know, got to get up tomorrow or something, but we will watch it. We will. Get it's to very it. entertaining. Goes fast. Cool. Uh, is there any new music that you discovered from doing the show? I'm sure I, there is. There is a lot of that. Like um, when we did the the go back to the Sun Records, the Prisoners. I never heard prison, of them. The Prisoners was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I some of the Elvis stuff that's on here, like I didn't, I didn't know some of the sit down sure. portion stuff. Yeah, man, some of that stuff. Uh, the Sun Records stuff. I put Joe Hill Lewis on here. Charlie Patton from the Blues episode. Some of the El- Arthur Brown, the band Ghost. I really enjoyed. I know you, you're not a huge fan. I had never been into them. We talked about yeah, them they're a new band. Rock. I know about them and I seen them in concert. I just don't buy it. You know, it's cool. It's all it's all good. Another band that I like in the punk rock episode too. There's a yes, lot of stuff that we that got was into one of my favorite ones too, man. That I didn't uh, know a lot about. Uh, and I was just pulling it up on YouTube because it's not on Spotify anymore. It was the band Fear? Yes, the song I love. Liz. Living in the city, you introduced yeah. me to. Like, oh I yeah, really it's not it. on Spotify anymore. It's not grayed out. So for you know, sometimes like artists like they drop out, and they come back, and I don't okay. know, I don't know who, you know, they're there. It's just uh, you can't play I love shit. That album is great. That Fear album that has that, and uh, I don't care about you. Yeah, great. Yeah, man, here I'll, I'll, I'll play some of it. Okay. Dude, that makes me just want to fucking get in a mosh pit in my living room, <laughs> like by myself. Like that is the theme of living in the city, like straight up. I've been here my whole life. And if you listen to that song, you can like definitely get and they're writing about like 70s in New York City. That was that's what their scene was. You know, they were on Saturday Night Live. John Belushi got them on Saturday Night Live and they trashed the set. They got banned from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. yeah. Which I don't think they'd ever get to play again anyway. 
Right. <laughs> but they were a hardcore band, you know, that, that had moment on national TV. We covered a lot of ground in that episode, too. That was one we talked about, like 10, 12 bands. You know, we got wow. into the big guys, you know, the Ramones and the Sex Pistols and the Clash. And we went into the the Damned and the Dead Kennedys and the Stooges and the MC5. We were the Kinks, Velvet Underground, Black Flag, the Buzzcocks, Bad Religion. I'm just skimming through the, the playlist here. We were all over the place. We talked about a ton of shit. There's a lot of music that I had bands that I had heard of, but I had never really listened to. Like the the descendants and descendants are great man. I I was digging it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, that band Death. We talked about the three yes. African American guys from Detroit yes. from like the early seventies. Really, really cool. Again, just learning a lot of really cool shit. And I love that man. I love being able to find this stuff and bring it to our listeners. Is there an example we can play? Yeah, here I got the the Death song on here. Uh, Politicians in my eyes by Death. The number one music game is when they get number famous Like a rich at the top because they want to be lost They don't care who they step on as long as they get along Politicians in my eyes really cool you know i learned a lot about on that punk rock episode was about your your boy from the circle jerks is it god i can't remember the name of the band lemon what's his fucking name he's your boy he ran for congress or he ran for uh no jello jello yeah jello yeah yeah the dead kennedys talk, talk about him a little bit yeah yeah man uh we we dove into the dead kennedys a little bit jello biafra really interesting guy he's really into politics he did, he's done a lot of like spoken word stuff. I'm not the biggest Dead Kennedys fan in the world. I didn't it's know cool. who he was until you introduced me to him. And they're a great band. Let's play something by them. Yeah, man. Uh, what did I have on here? Probably Holiday, Holiday in Cambodia. Here you go. So you've been to school for a year or two and you know you've seen it all. And out is coming, and you'll go far back east to tide, go crawl. Play at Mickey Jazz with the Rachel Snaz on your five-way stereo. Bragging that you know how the niggas feel cold and the sun's got so much so. It's time to taste. His voice, I, so I different. Need- I need to be in a mood to listen to it. It's a little, I love it. I love it. It's I could just picture him on stage and like him singing it. He's awesome. I'm that's like something I never knew about until we did that episode on. And you know what? I think we got street credit for the punk rock episode. Like, you know, nobody knows what the no. I mean, everybody likes to think they know what punk rock is, but we introduce what punk rock really is. And it's way before Green Day or any of that pop punk bullshit. So that was a great, if you want to know about early punk, you should listen to that episode. It's great. We talk about the clash, the pistols, so many great bands that we talked about. That was also our first episode with uh, the Pantheon podcast network, getting on them. And I, oh, yeah. we kind of walked in there going like, all right, we need to do a really good job on this. Cause we thought the bar was high where, you know, we kind of got, we got called up to the big leagues and got, yes. got on board. Took a with swing. Pantheon. So I, yeah. And uh, 
another episode I really, really like, um, which is also my next question, that if somebody came up to you and said, hey, I want to check out your show, which episode should I listen to? I put the punk episode as one that they should listen to. Yeah. Another one I would say would be the big four episode. I like doing that one, which is Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, and Megadeth. We did an episode about the big four and thrash metal. I enjoyed that one too. I mean, there's not really many episodes that we've done that I'm like, oh, I didn't like that, how they came out. But uh, yeah, that was another one I thought we were going to be talking. We wound up talking for a lot because we were talking about four really, really big bands. Yeah, man, I, I enjoyed it. We didn't we didn't dunk on Metallica too much on the second half of the career. We talked about like kind of like the highlight of all of them. I'm yeah. not a Slayer. I'm not a big fan of Slayer. I think I just never got into them in my youth. They're and hard probably, to get into. I'm yeah. probably too old to get into them. To now. start. Yeah, I went to the concert the big four at yankee stadium and it was one of the greatest days of my life man to see all those bands together and it was anthrax day in in brooklyn and that's where they're from or the bronx i'm sorry and uh that's fucking dynamite for them they were like smiling big time and uh i read scott ian's book he is an interesting life we talked about dave mustaine how he was the original guitar player Metallica. All his struggles that he had over his career. I, I read Dave uh, Scotty Ian's book too. I think I finished it right before we did this episode. I just happened to be reading it when this came up as a topic. And some of this stuff was really hardcore part of my listening rotation as a teenager, particularly Me too. Hang, Hangar 18, uh, Persistence of Time, the black album. I was really in that's a, that's the shit I listened to when I was me 19, too. 1990, 89. When I was, I don't know. I, I knew who anthrax was when really young. I had a patch of them on my jean jacket as a kid. Like, you know, um, I've been a fan of them forever. I love, I love anthrax. I, they're my second favorite out of them. Metallica at the big four. They're my favorite one. They're a little dated, but I don't give a shit. Everybody goes see Iron Maiden. They're really dated, Iron Maiden. <laughs> but, you know, Anthrax, you know, we'll go see them. I'll take you to go see them, Bruce. I would love to go see them. We talked they were a little just bit. here. We, they were just oh, were here. They? Were yep. they? Damn. Yeah, I missed them. And we talked about the, you know, the influence that they had doing the, uh, fuck, bring the noise of public enemy. I mean, yeah. how groundbreaking that was. That was, you that know, was just, insane. I remember that came out first I, rap rock really thing besides Aerosmith and run DMC. Run DMC. I was, I loved that album too. That was a collection of like B side, the attack of the killer bees that that was on. Oh, uh, that's a it great. Was, and anthrax was cool. Cause they were funny. They didn't, they had no problem making fun of themselves or, you know, joking around a little bit. You know, what really you should cool. play. Yeah. A great song to highlight their, their sense of humor was the last song on, the Attack of the Killer Bees album from 1991. And that was NFB, which is called Dalla Bidnik. It's nice fucking ballad spelled backwards. And the last, uh, this was their attempt at writing the acoustic power ballad. And I'll just play the last like 50 seconds of it. It's great. Forever, 
<laughs> Joey, Joey, get me some tissue. It's so funny because yeah, if you didn't hear the end of that, it sounds like just a, it's a firehouse song or yeah, big or something else. They're a great band. They have they're everything they do. They just came out with a graphic novel last year. I have it. it is awesome. It's like every chapter of this comic is a song off of Among the Living. So it's really cool. Each song has its little comic. It's cool. Yeah, I think they they're underrated. I don't know. If, I don't know. If yeah, history, I think so. I don't know how history, how kind history is going to be to them. No, but. they'll never. They'll never see like what other popular bands ever did. But that's uh, makes me like them even more because they they're still doing it now. They you know they're making still making like a. I'm sure they make a living mostly off of touring the world off of Anthrax. Maybe they have another job. Who knows? They're they're all really great musicians like they're all everybody's oh you're in a metal band you must be like a dumb kind of thing no way you got to be sharp as tack to play that shit oh all four of those guys i mean they got to have skill because they're i mean they're playing so fucking fast yeah right charlie some of those, the, some of those licks and like hanger that the beginning of hangar 18 like how fast yeah. that shit is make it right yeah yeah nobody's heavier than dave mustaine you know, that early, you see that early footage of Dave in Metallica and it's before Kurt Hammett and it's a heavy version of Metallica, way heavy. Like that first album, Kill Em All, all those songs were written from Dave Mustaine before they kick him out of the band. I hear it. It's Clear's Day on that album. It's, it is a fucking Dave sounding album. Absolutely. I think I have another show that we did that kind of covered a genre so we did you know the blues we did punk we did shock rock we did the golden age of hip-hop you know that was thing, great one thing with us over our the 50 episodes is we're not afraid of stepping outside and doing hip-hop we did the rat pack you know we've done we've tackled shit that's outside of just hardcore classic rock and roll i learned a lot during the uh the rat pack that was interesting that was a good you know that was a tough one that was hard and that was long because we did something on all of them. Yeah. Frank Sinatra and uh, Sammy D. Oh, it's been a while since it's been since we Dean did Martin. Dean Martin. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't think of it. He's the he's the best one out of all of them. Yeah. But just to hear all those stories about them in the casino and they would do that show and they all break each other's balls on the show, you know, and they would say like they would use fucking Sammy D as like part as bunt of the joke of all being the black guy with white dudes they made him the joke and the and stuff the, that they you know the stuff that they talked about like segregation still going on and sinatra refusing to stay somewhere if they wouldn't let sammy davis jr just how far ahead of the time they were with all that kind of shit you know we got into oh, the, yeah. the you know the the stuff with uh jfk and robert kennedy and all that other, yeah, we got into all that kind of stuff and the rise and fall of Vegas, you know, the heyday of Vegas, the early days of Vegas. Really cool. Um, and, and way outside our comfort zone. I've always, I enjoy the music, but talking about them in a show where we just, you know, got done talking about Megadeth and Slayer and Metallica, you know, something different. I, I loved it. I've never been to Vegas, but, you know, I definitely roll like those old time, like the old school way. 
you know, like dress snazzy and shit and find a cocktail lounge. That's basically what they were doing. They were playing like a cocktail lounge compared to what we see concerts at the at the casinos now. Can you imagine those big stars doing like three shows a night and all that other kind of yeah. Stuff? And they were they were amazing. There's some things on video, but to be there, imagine that. That's when Vegas was like fancy. Like this, Vegas was. You know, Not a when bunch Vegas of slobs was. and slobs and yeah. flip flops and yeah. kind of other, yeah, other. like the end of the casino when De Niro's talking about how it went south and like all the class is gone from Vegas. That's why I never went out there because it seems trashy. I've all, I've been there for work like three or four times. Um, it's just not my thing. I mean, I, I don't gamble. I'm not a gambler. Just walking down the strip, it's it's too much, man. The guys are waving the cards in your face, trying to get you to go with prostitutes and stuff. Yeah, I, nah, I'm not, just... yeah, I'm not into it. The only time I'd go there, one of my bands was doing a stand there three nights. I hear like uh, recreational marijuana is like all over down there. Like you could do tours of like suspensories and shit. I think I'd enjoy the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. That'll be good. I mean, you can go out in the woods and you can go out in the desert and shoot like. You want to go shoot a 50 caliber machine gun? You know, it's kind of, it really yeah. is the playground. You can do whatever the hell you want. It's I, nuts. It's, yeah. it's nuts. My uh, guy I met down in the bar, he grew up in Vegas and he's just like, holy shit, the trouble that I got into is why I had to leave Vegas. That's why I'm now living in Philly because, hmm. you know, it's that wild to grow up in Vegas. Yeah. The times I've been there have been, we're, we've got like clients out there and it's like, you're taking them out all friggin' night. And it's just, yeah, it was, it's too much. It's cool to see it. It's cool to be there. But I, after I, three days, it seems like take, you're you ready. To go to, yeah. You you're ready. You've had enough and it's, it's time to go, but you know, it was still, it was still cool. It was really cool to go out there as part of the show and talk about them and the rat pack and everything that was going on. It was really cool. You yeah. Know. All right, man. What else? We did a bunch of shows where we kind of pitted. Uh, uh, we did two shows where we did either artists against each other or albums against each other. We did the Beatles and the Stones. Yes. In episode that was five. Episode. I really enjoyed that. I think we all kind of settled on that. We like the Stones more. Yes. As much as we respect the Beatles. Nothing. But, but if you want to get down and gritty, gritty rock and roll. The Stones, baby. We also dove into London Calling versus the Ramones, where we went track by track through the two albums. We've got some other ideas in the hopper doing some of those album face-offs again. I, I enjoyed doing that. It was cool. Yeah, it's it's a lot of work to like listen to songs and try to find out what they're about, the history of the song and how it was recorded. But uh, we agreed that the Clash is more technical and more whatever, but the Ramones album is truly you know next to iggy pop the invention of punk rock they're very different even though they're put in the holy trinity of punk rock music they're just they're very very different bands their songs are fucking doo-wop-ish you know they could totally of uh, 50s 1950s love songs joey ramone he could have totally been bigger than life if he wanted to be you know he was huge he, the Rome's, it's a shame the Ramones were huge around the world playing like 
soccer stadiums and shit, and they come to America and play a small club and nobody gives a shit about them. It's a shame. I think, and you know, didn't we have an episode about greatest American rock and roll bands? Yes. And I don't, oh yeah, I do have that in here a little bit later. Uh, but I, but yeah, but I said the Ramones were my favorite. I think they're the greatest American rock and roll band. But just talking about the Ramones, they're that important to me. They have a sign in my bar, Joey Ramone Boulevard. Yes. You know, it's, I, and I have a clash poster hanging. I got London calling clash poster on the wall. They're, any, two, you know, they're two really, really important. Yeah. Albums in music, not just punk rock music, just music. In just general. in general. Absolutely. Like London Calling, it's all kinds of music. There's a little bit of reggae. There's a little bit of swing on it. Obviously, rock and roll. It's, um, you know, the Clash. What can you say about the fucking Clash, Bruce? The only band it, that matters. The only band that matters, brother. Yes. You just mentioned the top six bands of all time, too. So we did a bunch of shows where we did whether we looked at like collections of songs or we looked at collections of artists and the top six American rock and roll bands. That was our second episode. We didn't play clips, which is probably better because we would have been here. We would have been there for like fucking seven hours. That was a that was a really, really long episode when we cut it. But it was a lot of fun because it was just uh, that was a topic that before we even came up with the show that had always been in my mind. Some of the who is the, the top six American rock and roll bands. Yeah. Who are some of the best ones? And Tom Petty was up there, obviously. Yeah. The Beach Boys I put up there. We had Buddy Holly. I think we all yes, had Buddy Holly on there. Just so much cool stuff that we got to talk about. Credence. uh there was a ton of it. And we just, you know, we didn't have the technical ability to talk about uh, or to play clips yet. I think I still had my notes were still like on paper in front of me. So we were, we were just figuring shit out. We didn't know how to uh, play the music at the time, but it was still a lot of fun to do. We had a handful of other shows too, that we did that, uh, you know, we just talked about collections of stuff. I can just run off some titles. We did the movie soundtracks. Oh, that was did, great. We did the best, another one that it was our third episode. We did the best hair bands of all time that we really like. Yeah, we, we did hair bands and we did power ballads. So we, you know, we love, we I all love, love that kind we, of music. I love that. Uh, the thing we did about the hair bands and we it's, it's, it's so much fun, bro. It's so it's much. Fun. A, it's just a fun part of music. You know, like that's just sex, drugs and rock and roll. We talked so many times on the show about going to see the. Yeah, the Poison Motley Crew, Def Leppard show. That was a great was how show. How much fun it was! Just it know, was so just much fun, fun music. And that was that when I had the backstage pass, and yes. you were saying I bought the cheapest seats in the house, and you bought the most expensive seats in the house. And I hooked up with my boy, and he gave me backstage pass, and he like sent you a picture of me like backstage kind of thing, like in the front row. You You're, told me. Like, uh, yeah, like we'll meet up at the show, and I was like, "I'm not sitting with the, I'm not sitting with the poor people, dude." And you're like, "I'm not either." And you sent the picture, like Joan Jett's like ten feet from you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great day. I had I had so much fun seeing those bands of when I was a kid, especially Poison. They ripped it out. They were the best ones. I thought they going- Death Leopard was good, but they were just doing a weird set. They just announced that Def Leopard and Motley Crue are going taking that show to Europe, but Poison and Joan Jett aren't going. Okay. I don't know why, I, but I saw Brett Michael say that like poison is now they're 
They said the next time they would do anything might be like 2024, that they're just taking a break now. I mean, they're getting older. Older. Brett Michaels still goes out there and does it like he's 27 years old. He does a lot of like, a, like solo shit, too. He does. He, he has like a country thing. Country. American country album. Yeah, he'll play like like a casino kind of, you know, like a smaller venue by himself. I like him. Kind of stuff. I always I like, do, too. I, he's a celebrity now. I mean, but like Poison will never get the respect that they deserve. They're so like underrated, never appreciate it. They were my number one pick for the best hair band of all time or my favorite hair band of all time. I just they're just about having a good time and fun. And you know, there's no politics in their message. There's no social change. They're not trying to accomplish. There's no ends there. They're just having a good time. That's what How about we play nothing? How about we play nothing but a good time? Uh, yeah, let me hang on. Here you go. Nothing but fun, man. That's why I love it, bro. It's just fun, fun, fun. I saw them in 1990 at the Spectrum with my mother. That's how cool <laughs> my my mother took me to see Poison at the Spectrum. She's a cool mom. That's that's pretty bitching. I've I've told this story a couple of times on the show, but I took we took the kids up to go see them. And the dude in front of us had the actual cigarette lighter going. And my kids were all like, what is that? Like, instead of the cell phone, uh, totally cool, cool moment. So, um, yeah, man, it, do it. We could do more shows about hairband stuff. I'm sure we will. I would love I hope to we do. I think those numbers are always good. They do well. And it's cool. You know, we didn't get the. There's not a lot of times we get to talk about Cinderella and Slaughter and all these other bands that. Yeah, you know, I don't know whether that, that that kind of music just still gets shit on right it's like like it will never get the it will never get the respect that it deserves like you know like you say bon jovi and everybody's like oh bon jovi is this hair band kind of thing when they're one of the greatest american rock and roll bands ever we talked about that too i think you guys had them in your top hair bands and i didn't because i always said like they're they're almost in a completely different to me, they're more of a classic rock band now than exactly. Than That's why they were cool. They didn't wear makeup. They didn't do any of that shit. They were just dudes from Jersey, you know, and that's what their image was. I, I, I grew up as a Bon Jovi fan. I don't know if he gets We're getting a little bit off topic, but I don't know if he gets a lot of the respect that he deserves too for he, like uh, how philanthropic he is too. Like, he, yeah. you know, I've, I've said this a zillion times. I, I like listening to musicians who, I think I would like personally, you know, I don't, I don't like shit bags and he no. like, right? he's got that Dude, restaurant that uh, I've met him whatever you want. I met him about three times and he's always been super nice. Like he's, I mean, he, he, one day he'll be the governor of New Jersey. You watch. I've done some volunteer work through my job where I was at a homeless shelter in Camden and I was putting together some furniture and they were talking about like Bon Jovi will come and volunteer there. And he's very low key. Like he doesn't want 
people sure. make a big deal and shit like that. Sure. He'll, you know, he'll be talking to everybody. It was just really cool. Like they had a picture of him hanging on the wall and I'm, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm doing my thing. And I was like, that's fucking John Bon Jovi on the wall. And they're like, oh, that's Mr. John. He was in here helping the other day. I was like, all right, man. Wow. He's got that. He's yeah. got that restaurant where you pay whatever you can afford. And yeah, the soul just, kitchen. Yeah, the he's soul in there kitchen. Like, mm-hmm. He's doing the dishes and shit like that. Just yeah, I, I dig it. I really dude. Like I always admired the dude my whole life. But as I got older, I totally admire him as a businessman, as a human being. You know, yeah, did you too. see that? Did you see that picture of him and Springsteen getting ice cream? That that like, was like holy 20 minutes. shit. It was like 20 minutes from my house. That's a very famous place that Springsteen has always talked about how much he loves going, <laughs> going to. But so they, imagine they both, working that. Imagine working, being like, holy shit, the yeah, two biggest so, guys in Jersey. If you have it, if you didn't see it on social media, John Bon Jovi and Springsteen, I don't know what they were doing together. They went out and gra- grabbed ice cream at a little ice cream stand in Freehold where Springsteen grew up. They stopped in and got like a, they just both got like ice cream codes and they're taking pictures with the the staff and the crowd. You know, people, everybody worked there and shit like that. I hope they left them a good tip. I would hope so. Really cool. Uh, What else was on this collection list? We did a couple just saw collections of songs. We did the jukebox playlist. That was cool. We just did like bar songs in honor of McCusker's Tavern reopening. So the first. Yeah. That was full of episodes. I think it was the first, I don't know, 15, 16 episodes we did. The bar was closed because of the pandemic. Yeah. It's a different yeah. story now. The McCusters is rolling, man. That's We're awesome. back with the, the Phillies are in the playoffs. The Eagles are undefeated. The 76ers are playing. The Flyers are winning right now. Who knows what happens when the show is aired? <laughs> and I love hearing that the place is hopping again. It yes. Was, uh, yeah, we were recording in there for a while when it was closed. Yeah, and, that was that, that was heartbreaking, man. To be to be closed for fifteen months, fifteen months, bro. It's like we went back to work, and it was like starting all over again. And we were in there like in the middle of winter, and the heat wasn't. On. It was yeah. all like bundled up in our- <laughs> Hey, man, you had to, you had to start somewhere. I was very proud that I bought the first beer. When the place reopened, it was like the night before you guys opened, we were doing yeah. a show and yeah, I asked if I could have a beer and you're like, yeah, man, just grab one out of the fridge. I'm like, no, 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 I have to pay for it. I want to be the first <laughs> one to buy the beer. So yeah, but we're, we're, we're super happy. We had a band, my band play down the bar last weekend. I, thank you for coming, Bruce. I really Absolutely, appreciate man. that. Yeah, of course. I didn't mean to ignore you being a rock star. I was all over the place and I knew you know. we had a lot going on and it was good to, it was good to catch up. And we talked for a couple of minutes. I got some stuff in second thoughts about the, okay. the evening down at the bar. Okay. Um, yeah, that was really fun. We did a show on road trip songs because I went on vacation out west for two weeks with the with the warden and my family, with my family and the warden. Make sure I put that in the right episode. We did our top six guitar players. That was a good that, one. That was fun. We should probably play something off of that. Let me, you know, we're sitting there doing all this. Who did we talk about? Did we talk about like Les Paul and those guys? No, we didn't get into that. And that's another show that we need to get into is like Lewis Fender and Les Paul. Les Paul. We talked about, uh, man, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the playlist right now. We had like Ted Nugent was on here. We got George Harrison, Morello, uh, Trey Anastasia, uh, Anastasia, excuse me, Joe Perry, Brian May, uh, Jerry Garcia. How about here? I'll just I'll play. Here, let's play this. 
Slash, favorite, baby. One of my favorite summertime rock and roll songs. Slash is one of the greatest blues rock and roll players ever, man. You know, if you if you ever want a good read, read the Slash book. His biography. His book was really good. It yeah, is his autobiography. Yeah, it's fucking great. There's a special on him also. You can catch on like Amazon or Netflix. It's like Slash. It's called it's just Slash. Cool. We did uh, the music of the 50s where we went back. All that the was the great. Beginning. I really enjoyed that, man. I, I love that era of rock and roll. Me uh, too. It's funny, dude. I was I was at softball yesterday and one of the guys I play with who I think he looks like he's in his early 30s was like, hey, man, you do a podcast, right? And uh, he's asked me what about and he's like, what do you normally listen to like older music? And I'm thinking he's busting my balls because I'm I'm older than him and he started telling me about how like he loves music of the 50s and everything we had this whole conversation about buddy holly and all this other nice we're we're sitting in the dugout the guy runs the team's yelling at us because we're not paying attention we're talking about the uh the plane crash and all that other kind of waylon jennings not getting the seat on the plane crash and everything and buddy we're talking about bill haley and it was really cool um but I, i love that era of music i love all that shit the original idea of rock and roll yeah man yeah not even like Southern rock and roll, like you know, like uh, what do they call it at first? Hillbilly rock, yeah, you know, um, something on this coast had a different kind of rock and roll, like Bill Haley. It was a different kind of rock and roll down here because he's yeah. from the where is he from? Gloucester, hmm. he was pretty, he's from Gloucester, New Jersey, and that's where they said like rock and roll was born. Bill Haley, yeah, he was yeah. from, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was like a local guy. He was like a radio DJ. Yeah. Local. Philadelphia, New Jersey, all around. Jersey Shore. Uh, we talked about guitar players. We also talked about drummers. You know, the drummers. That was a great uh, episode. Yeah, man. That was a lot of fun because we talked about a lot of sh- we talked about a lot of shit that you know, we went all the way back to Buddy Rich and Gene Krupa. And then we went all the way up to some more modern stuff like, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Motorhead. You know, Tommy Lee, uh, Getty Lee. You know, we were we were kind of all over the place. The White Stripes. Uh, we should probably play something off of this too. Oh yeah, here you go. All right, yeah, man. So we and we did this show in honor of Charlie Watts passing away. So I'll play a little bit of "Sympathy for the Devil." I was around when Jesus Christ had his moment of doubt and pain. Me damn sure the pilot. Washed his hands and sealed his face. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guessed my name. But what puzzling you is the nature of my game. That's one of my favorite songs in rock and roll. He's my favorite drummer ever. He, when he died. I put on my Facebook, the greatest drummer in the world died. And my cousin texted me and he said, he just simply wrote Buddy Rich. And I said, Buddy Rich <laughs> didn't. And then I was like, Buddy Rich didn't come up with the drum solo in satisfaction. So he was like, cool. Which I'm so sure he got off of like uh, some R&B record. But in that satisfaction, that drum, doom, 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 that's, you know, that's a big deal, him coming up with that. I, mean, I don't know if he got it from Jackie Wilson's song or some shit like that. 
but he, the, Charlie Watts was the heartbeat of the greatest rock and roll band of all time, right? He's the timekeeper, he, the heartbeat. He, I call it being in the pocket, and he's in the pocket drummer. He keeps everything steady so everybody can play. Yeah, I think you said too, like he stays out of the way. Yes, of that's all those when guys. Good drummers know when not to play. Just because I'm not a fan of drummers because they fucking overplay all the time. I'm a drummer and I hate drummers. Like I hate their drum solos. That's why I always like Charlie Watts. He never did a drum solo. He never showed off. Fuck it's, that shit. It's like it's interesting, man. Because like I just made the analogy in my head. Like been watching a shit ton of baseball the last couple of weeks because you know with the playoffs and the Phillies going in, and I think the really good announcers know when to shut up. Right. Like I, I, I mean, I'll cut this out, but I fucking hate John Smoltz doing the, okay, play, yeah. the color guy because he does yeah. not know when to shut up. He has to hear himself talk. He has to hear <laughs> himself talk. It's like, you know, just, just be quiet and yeah. let the, let it go. And Charlie Watts was like that. He, he never, he didn't need to be flashy. No. And, but he had all those songs to play drums are on those awesome songs. You know, he, it was, the songs were being written as he's there. And then when they wrote songs, they were all junkied out and shit. And Charlie B had enough of it and fucking leave and come back two weeks later and still nothing done. Charlie was productive out, out of the whole stones. It was yep. his band. Yep. He's, you know, it was his band. He was, the, you know, the reason why the stones start playing together. Yep. Um, to still talking at like looking through our playlist, we did two shows where we just focused on one year. Where episode eight, we did uh, a look back at 1991, and then in episode 33, we did a look at the music of 1992. That was, um, I, that, I always find them fun. I'm sure we'll do one this year. The music of 93. Yeah. It was, it was really cool because, uh, you know, when 91, I remember you suggesting this, you're like, these are songs that are turning 30 years old. And it, at first I thought you were being funny, like, ha, ha, ha. We're going to no. be like, oh, man, we're old. This is, these songs are 30 years old. And then you realize, like, as we put the outline together, we're like, no, man, this, this show is 1991 is the greatest year in rock and roll history. Can you read off some songs that were from 1991? Yeah, man. I've got, uh, I just put a couple albums. So I put Octung Baby by U2, Super Unknown by Soundgarden, Blood Sugar Sex Magic by the Chili Peppers, Nevermind Nirvana, the Black Album Metallica, the two Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion albums. It's just like, dude, and they all came out Huge. within like weeks of each other. Yeah, you know, it's Huge. just like, uh, it, it's crazy. I remember going to Tower Records every week that year. And just fucking buying something every week because there was so much shit coming out. You know, like I, I got introduced to so much shit. Yeah. 91. I think we, we talked about that too. Like this was like so important to us, like growing up being whatever, 15 years old, 14 years old, 15 years old. And this shit coming out and being like, yeah, this is stuff that I still listen to a ton of this music. Yeah, I mean, you never forget your roots, Bruce. Yeah, and you know that's basically your old music. When you're growing up, you never let go. I think you hit a point in your life where you, your music taste doesn't change much more. It's kind no. of like locked. It's kind yeah. of like locked in in your yeah know, in your late twenties, early thirties. I get it, but I'm totally I'm that dude. I'm the, now I'm a bartender for 26 years, and I've become 
the guy behind me. Like, oh, these kids don't know what music is these days. That's scary, bro. I, I scare myself when I when I like think kind of like that. I'm like, I'm old. I'm old as shit. The uh, the guys I play softball with, somebody brings a speaker every time and they've got music playing. And I was like, I don't know any of this shit. Like, I have a show about music. I think I know more about music than the average bear. I'm like, and I don't know any of this stuff that you guys are playing. I was like, they're playing some Kanye West song the other day. And I was like, oh, I kind of know this. This is new. And they're like, dude, this song's like 20 years old. It's like, and to me, 20 years old, that's that's where like that's still new music to me. Dude, I have no idea. Electronic shit's popular. Yeah. I don't like it. All that auto, there's so much auto tune. It's so pervasive and all over music. It's just, no. Yeah. But 91 was a pure year of rock and roll. And there was some other, like, there was big rap albums that year and different things. Yeah. We had DJ Jazzy Jeff was on here. We had a a Gangstar, Tribe, OPP. There's a lot of Cypress Hill, a lot of really cool shit. Tupac is on this playlist. We had a lot of really important. Music came out. 92 was no joke either. Yeah, 92 was a great year. Yeah, 92 was no joke either, man. We had, you know, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Alice in Chains, the Beastie Boys, NW uh, Ministry, the Black Crows, Ice Cube. We had so much other. We should, we should play something off of this, this list here. Let me uh, here and play some hip hop. There's nothing that pumps me up more for St. Patrick's Day besides the Pogues than is that. That's the pain. I, I really like uh, the solo shit that he did too. Yeah. Everlast. I, I just, I think yeah. it's cool that he, I think it's cool that he just completely reinvented himself. It's totally. way different music. Totally. But, he, it's, he, he like went complete opposite of what he did originally with House of Pain. Everlast. He had like a heart attack or something and he just changed his whole Slows down. outlook. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like those couple albums that he put out. Other than he did a really, really bad cover of uh, Johnny Cash on one of those albums. It's it's really bad. He might wind <laughs> I, up and he'll wind up in the electric chair sometime. I was thinking nice. today, too, we should do a show on like bad covers. Like, sure. Like, sure. awful. Yeah, you know, everyone likes to, you know, Johnny Cash covering Hurt and all the, the classics. But I was like, there's some really fucking terrible ones out there. Maybe we do another electric chair episode. That'll be one to, to do. I just saw something on Facebook. Someone there was saying how it's a shame that Nine Inch Nails is covering Johnny Cash. Like, who do they think they are to, to read his lyrics and shit like that? And everybody's like, um, that is a Nine Inch Nails song, dude. I, I get it. I get it. So I got a couple other categories. Maybe it's a good spot. We just take a break. Sure. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come back and we'll, we'll bring it home. We're talking for an hour and a half. We'll, uh, yeah, why don't we do that? Cool. We'll be back. Stick around. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in McCusker's. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. 
Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Chunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by Boldfoot Socks. We're proud to have them on board because they make a great product. Their motto is grown here, sewn here, because Boldfoot Socks are made in America. They have a variety of styles and designs for anything from work, working out, or doing a podcast about music. They're also just great people. Their president, Josh, is a military veteran, and the company donates 5% of their proceeds to veteran charities. He bought a pair of Boldfoot Socks to run a 100K race. That's over 62 miles, by the way. And he loved them so much that he wound up buying the company. So as soon as you're done listening to us, go over to boldfoot.com and check out all the different styles they have. That's boldfoot.com. All right, we're back from the commercial break. Thanks so much for sticking with us. we got a couple other categories of music. You know, I think we've, we've gone through a decent amount of our back, our back catalog. I love being able to say that. Yes, it's great. It really is, man. Um, yeah, it's it's a great feeling to have fifty episodes. It does, you know. I if, I, I love I've it. always I I've, I've always feel successful with our show, um, but to make it to fifty, most podcasts don't make it that far. Absolutely not. I did some I did some digging around, dude. There are two point four million podcasts out on the internet these days. So the fact that out of all that shit. And people decide they're going to spend their time listening to to us, and they want to hear That's what we amazing. have to say. It's just really, really cool. And, and we I thank you, not, thank yes, you, everyone. Could not be more appreciative of everybody who spent some time listening to us. So humble, thank you, men. Really cool. Yeah, we did some holiday stuff. We have a we did an annual Christmas show. I guess we're going to do another one. I already got I got some ideas. Do you have an idea for? I was I was thinking about what it's, our Christmas shit's going to be this year. I thought if we had the prisoners of rock and roll Christmas party and you're inviting musicians, who are you inviting? Nice. I like this idea. So it'd yes. be like, oh, here you know, we could play some like subtle like Lemmy, music, like invite Lemmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah I mean, here's like the Lemmy Christmas song and some other 
shit like that. I don't know. Cool. Yeah. I'm I'm so, I'm so ready for I'm ready for Christmas. I'm, I am too. I, I like I like that whole time of year. You know. I like the fall a lot too. I like uh, yeah. It's been it's been a little too cold the last two nights, but it's uh I turned my heat on for the first time today. But nice. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, we we did a couple Christmas episodes. We did like bad Christmas music. We did good Christmas ep- music. We did a New Year's Eve special the one year, and we'll be doing a third annual Christmas show coming up. We focused on some events, so we did a whole show on Monterey Pop. We did a whole show on Woodstock. I really enjoyed the Monterey Pop episode. I mean, I enjoyed both of them. I did, too. I mean, to note about Monterey, because, you know, everybody knows about Woodstock. Everybody knows about what nobody knows about Monterey Pop Festival. Yeah. And and uh, Jimi Hendrix fucking burned the guitar on stage. That was cl- like everlasting. Janice. It was the first time she played for a bunch of people. Blew him away. Uh, you know what? Here, I'm, I'm going to play. I'm going to play a little Otis, too. Cause I, yeah, I was going to say Otis I killed I it. Can't, I can't get enough Otis. I can't get no satisfaction. They said they said uh, Janice after seeing Otis, that's when she started doing the like doing yeah. all that shit. She stole yep. that shit from Otis. Yep. You know, it made I, her trademark all that like scatting or whatever the hell she did, blues scatting, you know. I I think there's some more legendary performances out of moderate than Woodstock, and a Woodstock gets all the gets the bigger it's the bigger hype it's the sure more, the more thing but man that the janice the the movie from moderate is so cool when it when janice is on stage and mama cass is in the audience and her just jaws wide open and she's yeah. just like wow it's yeah. so cool yeah uh the, both of those episodes were great man i could play that whole fucking otis set just yeah it, it's some of my favorite soul otis my favorite soul singer and his performance at that at that show was just amazing. So I can play that, that and go right into Joe Cocker at Woodstock, and I, I'm good. I'm good. For <laughs> sit out by my fire pit, and I'm good. The thing that's legendary to me about Monterey is the LSD that was floating around. It was called Purple Haze. And, and nobody Jimmy got hurt, and, too. And nobody got, just like in Woodstock, everybody got fucked up and whatever but at Monterey, it was like controlled. Everybody was chill. But that's the shit that Jimmy fucking wrote Purple Haze about. So yeah. just let you know that. And Monterey <laughs> was like the first rock and roll festival, too. And it was like yeah. the first music documentary and all yeah. kinds of other shit. Really cool. Yeah. Another, I, another I love one that, that episode. I, another one I learned a lot about that uh, you suggested. So, all right. So I think maybe my last, <clears throat> I got two more buckets stuff we can look back on so we did like spotlights on like stuff so we did the ones on like we already talked about sun records the rat pack we did some artist spotlights so or well before we get into the artist we did like sub pop records yes uh, really i learned enjoyed. a lot I think, I think that was one that you were kind of like is there a story here and it turned out to be really cool yeah i, I have to go back and listen to that episode 
like all these ones that we're talking about, they're like, oh yeah, that was fun. That was fun. I wish we I wish I could listen to them for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Sub pop the Seattle record label where all those bands, you know, L7, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Mud Honey, they all came up on Soundgarden. Just a really cool uh, mega. It's a shame they couldn't keep their shit together. Look back know, like at the the shit that we grew business, up on. The business end of it that sub pop couldn't adapt to. The the record the record industry fucking destroyed that fucking record company. They they could not keep yeah. up with these huge record companies. Yeah, we did some other artist spotlights. We talked about Kiss. We did Bob Marley. I know that, that was a great I, episode. I learned a lot about. Yeah. Um, we went through his music. We went through his political stances, the assassination attempt. Yeah. Really interesting, dude. The dead. We did the sex. Pistols. That was a great episode. I, I just the, hope we did it j- justice. That's all. I know, I, they're, I know they're one of your favorites. So they are. Uh, you know. I, if anything, in any of these podcasts, I have to get the Grateful Dead right. Or, or people are going to call me out on that shit. There's nothing yeah, I, worse. I, nothing. You think comic book guys are bad? You see the old deadheads. They're uh, fucking so like righteous. I've got some some second thoughts. A listener wrote us about our episode on the dead. So I'll, okay. I'll get to that. It was good, though. It was they had some very oh, nice, nice to say. So it wasn't nice. Somebody blowing us up. Yeah, we also did, you know, the, you with the dead. We did a Springsteen episode that I was nervous to shit about doing where we that was walked great. His, we walked up to him making the superstar and born in the USA. Yeah, we listened, like talked about Nebraska, the album that nobody ever talks about. Yeah. We, did you we hear, talked, did you hear the cover of the new song? He the cover of uh, Night Shift by the Commodores that he's he did? No, no. I'll send you the link, man. He's got a co- he's got an album of soul covers coming out in a couple weeks, and he covered Night Shift by the Commodores. Okay. It's 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 really fucking good. I was so skeptical. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be cheesy shit. I really yeah. enjoy. I really liked it. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, I'll send it to you. When we get done here. We don't need to dive into it here. But um, yeah, and and at the pinnacle, I think, of the artist that we talked about was we did the episode on the Funk Brothers from Mojo. Yes, and yes. also one of my favorite albums or favorite episodes that we did because this is the most unheralded, overlooked, bad. Like, how the hell are they not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? If give us a tell us who the Funk Brothers are, Bruce. Yeah, so the Funk Brothers are, you know, think of any Motown, right? If you know music, you know Motown, and think of any single song on Motown. Now think about the musicians who played the music and all those songs, whether it was Smokey or the Supremes or the Temptations, it was all one band. Motown had a house band named the Funk Brothers that played on it was some like over a hundred top 10 hits, you know, wow. like, think about all that shit that Motown turned out in the sixties. Wow. And they, these guys played on every single one of them and only two of them are in the rock and roll hall of fame. It's it's here. I'll let's play Jamerson, right? Yeah. James Jamerson and Benny Benjamin. Yes. So, two here, amazing, amazing fucking sounds. Yeah. Here you go. Here's ain't too proud to bag by the temptations. I don't mind, cause you mean that much to me 
I love it. That drum shit's the best. I think it was you that you made the analogy. Like if you look at Motown as that they're the funk brothers and they have a they have rotating singers and the different artists come in. It was like it totally changes your mind on how you look at Motown. I don't think I don't think anybody ever thinks about the backup band from Motown. I mean, getting to the artist on Motown, who would think about the band? But it's the same band for every. You know why Motown sounds like Motown? Because it's the same fucking band on every song. It totally it changed my mind on. I, I mean, I love Motown music. I love and, it but too. I totally look at it in a different way now. That it's yeah, it was. Uh, and I've always heard when they were making their songs, it'd be like, oh, we just wrote a hit. Who's coming in today? Oh, the four tops are in. All right, you guys get it. Or the yeah. temps are coming in tomorrow. They get it. And- what I thought was was amazing about like Motown when we did the episode more about how they had like a grooming kind of thing with the the Motown acts. The artists. No, I get it, man. It was like a it was like finishing school for artists. It was like yeah. it was like they acknowledged that there's a shit ton of racism in the world. It was like a finishing school to teach them how to be like I don't classy re- artists, yeah, classy regal. You know, like you think of Diana Ross or the the Four Tops, Smokey, to like all those at guys. a time at a time of so whatever they were so unviolent. You know, people were getting violent them, and they were so nonviolent people. Like they said that like they would play gigs and get on a bus and have to drive a half hour to find a hotel that they were even like allowed to stay in when they would be playing in, down in the deep south. Yeah, this music, I I love all this music. I grew up with all this kind of music. I didn't know the story of the Funk Brothers. There's that awesome documentary. Yes. Standing in the shadow of Motown. Do we have uh, Joan Osborne playing? Yeah, with those dude, dudes? I, yes. So glad you suggested this because uh, in the documentary, what Joan Osborne plays with the surviving members of the Funk Brothers and they cover what's become of the brokenhearted. Uh, dude, I, I listen to this all the time now and I never heard it before doing the research for the show. And I, I fucking love it. Here you go. Hey, I'll play the part where her, where she gets after cracks her voice and shit. I dude, I love amazing. That. I love it so much. Amazing. Uh, I had the pleasure of being a band that they watched when they were in a hotel twenty years ago that I played for them, and they were the nicest, humblest dudes. Like it was like it was so nerve wracking knowing that they were there and we were playing for them. The Albino Red Band that I was in. We were strictly a blues rock and roll band, but they sat there and they watched us play and and like came up to us afterwards and tell us how much they liked what we were doing. And it's awesome. It's one of my best moments in my musical career with awesome. the Funk Brothers. Yeah, really cool. That was a shit. That was an episode, man. When we finished. I felt really proud of like we're we're shedding some light on this story. Totally, I'm totally proud of that episode. Yeah, we learned about James Jamerson. You know, poor guy. Greatest bass player, 
very troubled, so drunk that he played the bass for uh, what's, what's going, going on by Marvin Gaye, like like on his back. You couldn't Laying stand on up. The he floor. was so hammered. Yeah, that's a shame. He he really did. Uh, dance with the devil all the way up until he yeah. died remember they like his base somebody stole his base mm-hmm. and they couldn't find it and yeah. it's a, nobody knows where it's at um all right i got one more bucket and that was just like i just put his other stuff so we did with the american pie we broke down american pie we went line that by was line. great we deconstructed it. it we loved played it. all kinds of cool shit i learned so it. much about what that song was about doing really that episode, cool we really the, stripped down we stripped down the song like verse like by word verse. by word right we went and word we by told word what the meaning it. was that was great it was we, anytime we get yeah. to talk about buddy holly absolutely absolutely i feel like we never did an episode about buddy holly did we we didn't we talked about him a lot in the top six we talked about him a lot in american pie we could do a whole show on like why why is he so important you know, we could break into yeah. the technical shit and the well, you know, stuff he did around recording and producing. Throw it we'll, add it to, we'll add it to the list. Episode uh, 98 will be on Buddy Holly. Yes, I hope so. We did. Does Rush suck? That wow. was a fun. We decided that the album 2012 is fucking awesome. Yeah. But they still suck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, didn't we get didn't we get an email of someone saying that? Like, yeah. We all agreed that 2112 was awesome. Yeah. You and guys still said it sucked. Uh we said that yes sucked. Oh, yes sucked. Yeah. Big balls. Yeah. We did the faces of David Bowie. So we went through the characters. We tried to take a different style. That was great. I, I enjoyed that a lot too. I learned a and, lot about him. A lot about did. all about he did a lot of inventive shit man and then we did the the resurrection of johnny cash which is one of my favorite artists and uh we just looked at the second half of his career all the shit he did with rick rubin and that amazing music yeah i mean johnny cash what's your favorite johnny cash song can you pick one because there's so many no i like uh one piece at a time I think that's my time is great. Yeah. I like uh, when the man comes around off the American stuff. Uh, Obviously, man named Sue. Yeah. Boy named Sue is great. Whatever. Cocaine blues. Yeah. Here, I'll play a little bit of when the man comes around off of Johnny Cash. This is from the American albums. The American collection. The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip and in each sup. Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around? I love that song. I I don't know that one. I don't know that one. Yeah, it's really cool. It's about the, you know, uh, the book of revelations kind, nice. of, kind of shit. So about Jesus coming back and the man, the man comes around really cool. Okay. Okay. So, I think that's it, dude. I think that's really all, I think wow, we man. a little bit, of all 50 episodes, all of them. We yeah. talked about earlier th- this, our latest episodes. We talked about beastie boys. We talked yeah. about, uh, we did a Woodstock thing recently. We did a episode about, Fuck. I don't know. We did an episode about everything so far. We keep on coming up with interesting shit. 
there's nothing not on the table. There's nothing that we won't talk about. There's nothing that we're afraid of. So now if um, you have an idea, let us know. Yeah, man. We'd love to hear from people that want to suggest something to us before we move on to the other segments of the show. Just you know, some thanks. I mentioned that there are 2.4 million podcasts in the world. So the fact that any of you who are listening to us decided that you could spend time with us is just awesome. And we appreciate it. We Whether thank you've been you. with us from the beginning or you're new to the prisoners of rock and roll. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We also had to give a huge shout out to our sponsors at Boldfoot Socks and McCusker's Tavern in Philadelphia and all the, the team over at Pantheon podcast. You know, I think the show has gotten better being part of Pantheon because I absolutely I, yeah, pro- we bounce, yeah. bounce ideas off of those guys. You know, they we share. How do you do this? How do you do that? I they want to get us involved. They want to yeah. get us involved. They were they wanted us to go to Dave Mason concert. We couldn't yeah. work it out, but they were going to send us to that concert and we could have promoted our show. That would have been great. Yeah, we've definitely um, there's it's really cool to get to talk to everybody. Uh, you know, we bounce ideas, technical shit. And I I see some other shows taking some ideas from us, too, which is great. You know, it's, it's, I've it's really seen cool. the same thing. It's just so, a quinky dink, a quinky dink that yeah. they did it when we did it. So I've seen some other shows take the idea like the monologue that we do. And I'll cut, the, <laughs> I'll cut this out. But like Lance started doing that. OK, you know, little, he was stealing our little, shit. Yeah, it's like, whatever, man. We All stole right, I, somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, right. I got that idea from monologue from another podcast that I listened to. So it's all it's all good. Uh, all right. I got some second thoughts. So we got some feedback. So uh, first, we got an email from the Rock Docs podcast, and I'll talk about them in a second. Here's their email. Hey, I just wanted to drop a note and say that I, Dave, has been meaning to check out your show. So I finally listened to the episode on the dead. As a dead fan, it was a lot of fun. Well done. I subscribed. Left your review. Keep up the good work. The Rock Docs podcast, all they talk about is uh, music documentaries. Oh, really? So you would really dig it. So there was a, they just did an episode this week on that band Death, the the punk band I talked about. I actually just worked with their sound man, Death. Okay. Oh, awesome. Absolutely. He was a weird dude. Okay. They had a whole bunch of, um, I actually what now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, shit, I got to message him and be like, you guys got to do in the shadow of Motown. You have to, you have to look at yeah. that. Um, yeah. So I listened to a handful of their episodes. It was, uh, it was really cool, man. That they, they, what are they called? Show. One more time. One more time. Rock, what are they called? Rock docs, like rock, rock documentaries. Docs. Okay. Yeah. Check yeah, them really. out. Yeah, it was cool. We got, uh, the band played down at the bar, right? Your band was at the bar. On yeah, Saturday. it was great. Yeah, it was great, dude. And I, I we went a down great time. There. Yeah, thank you for coming. Of course. The warden was there. Some fans went up to the warden and were talking to him and asking him a bunch of questions. And I don't think the guy that was talking was like, oh, you're the warden, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think he knew that I was sitting right next to him, uh, <laughs> which is cool, which is fine. Stealing your thunder. The warden right. stealing your thunder, sir. Right. And your, um, you know, your sound guy from the bar came over and introduced himself. And I was talking to him and we had a really nice conversation. He was telling me about how much he listens all the time. And he was asking me about uh, why did we not put the Wu-Tang Clan in our Golden Age of Hip Hop episode? We had a, it was a really cool conversation. Uh, he was asking me about a couple other things on the show. And I just uh, I shook his hand and said, dude, thank you for listening. Those moments where somebody that you don't know comes up to you and starts talking about the show are just so cool. It's amazing. Um, people come into the bar when they tell me that they couldn't get out of their car because they wanted to listen to the rest of our podcast. That's amazing to me. 
And these are like people I know, but like they're they're intellectuals, you know, yeah, and right. they, they for them to sit around and listen to our goofy butts, you know. Right. Or the email, you know, an email from somebody who doesn't is not related to or friends with us. Yes. Right. Yes. It's like, hey man, I you know, Jack in Seattle, or you know, we had uh, the guys in Florida that sent us the uh you know, Jake and we had like Lloyd in in Texas, like all these people that email like just awesome. And dude, I it's amazing to have listeners. Yeah. And and speaking of listeners who don't listen to us, Omar from India. Omar. We finally, he was one of our one of our original listeners. So the back we got an email from Omar. So the backstory was we looked at all of our numbers. We can see where in the world people are when they listen to us. We saw that we had some listeners in India. And we put on the show, we said to the dude, if you're out there, we would love to hear from you. And this guy, Omar Srinivasan emailed us he was like i'm the guy i listen to you and he he sent us a couple of emails we've talked to him he follow he posts on our social media every once in a while so he emailed us because i put something on our social media the other day that we were doing this show and it was our 50th and our two-year anniversary so he sent us an email hello prisoners of rock and roll i promised to email you and here i am i am sorry i have not been able to write sooner but i am listening to your show and heard you talk about me I listen to your show at work, but sometimes I listen at home so little Mick can hear. I wanted to dress him up like Ace Freely after hearing your episode on Kiss, but he got very mad. In India, we have a saying called Baha'i. It means friends or brother. You are my Baha'is. I am hoping to come to America next year. I want to visit Hollywood, the Statue of Liberty, and McCusker's Tavern. I hope to see fellow fellow superfan Rob Owens there. In India, we do not have a warden. Prisons are run by a superintendent. Maybe I can be the superintendent of the prison of rock and roll. Talk to you later, Omar. Oh, so, Omar. Uh, little Mick is his monkey. He has a yeah, monkey named Little he's Mick. A, he's a, I remember he was, he was a what is he? Huge Rolling Stones fan. Yeah, he said it. And was, he, he named his Andrew monkey Mick, Mick. Little Mick. Andrew Mick Jagger. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a character. <laughs> so. It's uh, it's great to hear from him. I hope it doesn't take another twenty episodes from before we hear from him. Omar, thank you for listening all this time, man. Thank you, thank you, Baha'i. I think I'm saying that right. So, all right, I got two pieces of music news. Uh, these are these are both kind of cool. The first one: Do you see Mattel made a Tina Turner Barbie doll? I did not. They made one that it's from her from the uh, What's Love Got to Do with It era with the with jean the face, jacket, the jean jacket and the big hair oh. and everything. It's it's like fifty bucks, but I was like, that would I look might pretty. Buy it. That would look pretty bitching at Cusker's Tavern at the bar with all the rock memorabilia. Dude, I say it all. There's nothing sexier than a girl wearing black and a denim jacket, brother. Yeah, nothing's more sexier than that. And Her, she's like the queen of that, you know, wearing black and that jean jacket shit. She was Ugh. very rock and roll in that era. She was, so. and she independently came off herself. You know, she came out without like, you know, yeah. Yeah, broke we, off do a, we could do an episode about Tina. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got one more quick one. Uh, Rolling Stone published its list of the 50 greatest concept albums of all time. So I know you've talked for a while. You want to do a show on concept albums. Yes. So I thought this was interesting. Cool. Here's your top 10. Number 10. Elmar Kieri by Rosalia. No idea. <clears throat> In the Wee Small Hours by Frank Sinatra. Yes, that's that actually either. I have that on vinyl. I it's never a thought great of that as a record. Album. It's a great record. 
the Black Parade by My, My Chemical Romance. Yeah, uh, they're okay. I'll, I I didn't know that's a concept. Okay. I'll listen to it. Yeah, I don't I don't care. Twenty One Twelve by Rush. Yes, Exile in Guyville by Liz Fair. I I like that album a lot, and I've I talked to about that before. Uh, Tommy by the Who. Only Bill for Cuban Links Niggas by Raekwon. I never knew that was a you know from the Wu Tang. I never knew that was a, okay. There was a concept album. All right. Uh, the Wall. American Idiot by Green Day. And the number one greatest concept album of all time, Good Kid, Mad City by Kendrick Lamar. What? What the I was like, fuck is that? I was like, okay. Maybe, Over the wall? Maybe maybe we listen to the Kendrick Lamar album. We do an episode on that. We'll just send him to the electric chair just <laughs> for that. I don't know. So. No. Uh, I don't. Maybe I, don't, I have I'll, to listen to that shit. I'll, but, I'll listen. Yeah, I don't want to just send it to the electric chair. I'll I'll listen to it. Uh, what, it what is it called? One more time. Good Kid, Mad City. All right. Sounds like uh, my fucking life. All right. I got I do have a song for the electric chair. So, all right. Uh, so the electric chair is a song uh, segment that we started, I think, in the Sun Records episode way back in episode yeah. four. This was my we, idea. It was your idea. And it was hilarious when you suggested it. We're like, we should kill a song because it sucks since we're the prisoners of rock and roll. I heard a song in my car today. I was running some errands and Jessica Simpson does a cover of these boots are made for walking by Sinatra. <laughs> it's fucking bad. I mean, uh, uh, here. I, and I said, like, we should do a show on bad covers. This is what popped in my head. I was like, oh, we should do a show on really bad covers here. really bad it is awful she's she's not great singer by no means. no no she just not a, she was in the dukes of hazard movie for god's sakes she played daisy dukes it's just got that shitty the, the drum beat to it is just yeah it's awful it doesn't even sound like the like that guitar right there that sounds yeah the original but the rest of it is i was like nothing shit. beats the original it's so no. sexy the original right. one is so sexy right and it's in that scene in full metal jacket you know yeah like, we love you long time horny. right I, this is fucking terrible i never heard yeah. it before but hit no, it hit the hit the switch kid right. we sentence you to death awful yes Oh, I was, that was that was a good pick, Bruce. I'm gonna I, I'm never listen some... that again. I'm never gonna hear that ever. Yeah. Again. I got whatever that whatever station that was on my my radio on my truck. Oh, I need oh. to like wash out my brain. There's nothing better than I'm driving my big ass Ram 2500. <laughs> yeah, you know, with my my big Civil War beard I'm growing in, and that's playing out of the window. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. So that is a wrap on episode 50, man. This was a milestone for us. And we talk a lot about, you know, we talked a lot about the shows we've done over the last two years. You can find all of those on your favorite podcast platform. Most of them have an episode playlist in the show notes. You can check out all the music we've been talking about. Seriously, man, if something that we talked about, you want to go learn more about punk music or 
the Rat Pack or something, go check it out. Give us a listen. And while you're doing that, hit that follow button on your favorite podcast platform or tell somebody about us. Shit, you can even shoot us an email at show at prisoners of rock and roll dot com and we'll we'll mail you some stickers with our logo on it. Our logo is pretty kick ass. Uh you can check us out on our website at prisoners of rock and roll dot com. There's a merch store on there. We got some somebody was out there buying merch from us this week. Thank you. And, uh, you know, you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. There's links to all that stuff on the show notes. And, uh, you know, we love hearing from everybody, whether you want to blow us up, you have an opinion on something we said, you want to ask us a question, or you just want to suggest us an episode, man. We, we love hearing it. So that's it, man. We'll be back in two weeks. We're going to figure out what we're going to talk about, and uh, we'll be back at it. Thanks so much. Can I, uh, can I add one more thing, Bruce? Yes, Before please. We, I want to thank you for putting all the work into the show that needs to be done. No, thank you. You are basically you do all the work that you just talked about, all that shit. It's all you, brother. And I appreciate you doing it. And thank you, man. Like I love you to death. You're in my will. <laughs> you know. Uh you're my brother. And I, I love that we spend this time together and we talk about shit, bro. Getting to hang out every two weeks and talk about music and some other people want to be a part of that conversation is just awesome. It makes yeah. it all worth it, man. Really cool. I Thank love you. our show. I love our show. And uh, all right, man. Keep on rocking. Peace out. I'm just a It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.